Welcome into the 20th and Blake podcast here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, and I know I always start by saying I am very excited to talk baseball with you today, but to but I really, really, really mean it this time. I'm very excited to be talking about baseball today because it appears that we are going to have baseball today. It's funny, I, I tweeted out just a few minutes before uh, the Jeff Passan tweet that I'm going to read to everybody. And there's been all this back and forth. And quite frankly, and look, on some level, as a person who does baseball journalism for a living, I do respect people like Bob Nightingale and John Heyman, even though I find it very very, very difficult to say that out loud. I'm just going to say bluntly and frankly right here, right now, I can't wait to never read another tweet from either of them ever again. Like, just to not have them on my timeline. Following the back and forth of this has been infuriating. It's been frustrating. People having all kinds of informed and ill-informed thoughts on multiple sides of the subject. People weighing in on everything from the international draft to taxes. And while, of course, it's my job and I've had to talk about it and some of the details are really important for baseball fans, unfortunately, as I've said all along, this is one of those things where so many of the details... Look, man, this is why those lawyers get paid all that money, you know, is to understand these details that us normal plebes, you know, really don't know about and don't understand about. And it's ugly when things get as far as this got... But ultimately, there were only a few details that I wanted to dive into with this because we're going to have a CBA and I'll be able to talk about that once the details come out. And that'll be the most important thing. But a lot of the back and forth and the, oh, there's hope at this hour and using reporters as PR tools in this back and forth fight. But it was just gross. The whole thing was gross. And so I did everything I could to not be involved in it as best I could and to really talk about what I thought were the material issues at hand and explain, in my view, why I felt and and still feel that the players were absolutely within their right, and not just within their right, but were in, in many ways obligated to do what they did to force the owners into the best possible agreement. Now, we don't have the details as of yet. Let me read you directly from passing what we've got. Uh, Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association have agreed or have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal. Sources are telling ESPN while it needs to be ratified by both parties, that's expected to be a formality. And when it is, baseball is back. Uh, All of the speculation that I've seen today from these folks who've been covering it closely has been that we will still have a full 162 game baseball season, which, man, if, if anything... Not that we need to keep slam dunking the point, I guess, because it's it's in some ways over, but it's not over. There's going to be another CBA, and there's a lot of these issues still need to be figured out, you know, somewhere down the lines. And so I, I understand wanting to say, but if anything proves to you that the owners were completely full of it the entire time, it's that they kept making up these deadlines and then moving the deadlines and then saying things like, we've canceled the first series, we've canceled the first two series, we've canceled the first two weeks. And then they come out and say, ah, we can play all those games. It was always PR tactics and fear-mongering and nonsense to try to get the players to look like they were the bad guys for not just agreeing to whatever the owners were doing. It was super gross. It was really disgusting. And somewhere down the line, you know, Congress may still have to get involved when it comes to things like the antitrust laws and all that. You had United sitting United States senators were like tweeting about this. That's how bad it got, right? But 
deep breath. Let's all let's all take a moment. Let's let's all just take a moment and appreciate the thing. And I wrote about this at some point last week. I've been writing about this issue a lot lately, of course. And remember why we fell in love with the game of baseball, right? And why we fell in love with watching the game of baseball played by those who play it the best. The best in the world do their thing. And as rough as all this was, as brutal as it was to live through this day after day for hardcore baseball fans, for people like me who cover the sport, and I promise you for the players themselves, uh, you know, for especially obviously for the, the people who work at the stadiums, the people who work across the street from the stadiums. Like there was so much uncertainty here. And I get that there are probably still going to be a lot of people who carry that anger with them forward, despite the fact that at the end of the day, we're still going to get a 162-game baseball season in 2022. And also, at the end of the day, the owners were probably, like, again, I got to see the details here, but probably forced into doing as close to the right thing as the players could humanly get them to do. And so we really did, for people that care about fair labor practices, who care that the players are taken care of, and who just also just want their baseball, you're getting all those things. Like, the ugliness of the fight, I hope, doesn't detract too many people away from their love of the game of baseball. Because, you know, there, there's that old joke about uh, how there's two things you never want to see people, uh, let people see how you make them, laws and sausages, Right. The baseball CBA should absolutely be added to that list. Like, no one should be exposed to this process because it's really confusing. And I know there are a lot of people calling out players like Max Scherzer or whatever, people that are going to have different opinions of these folks based on things they had to do, not just for themselves, but for everybody else. You know, the way some people were out there talking about international players as if they don't matter, as if they don't have rights because they're not yet in the union, I found remarkably disgusting. And I hate the way that the owners just threw the international draft in there at the last minute. And again, we don't have the details on that, but some of the things that we had seen them been coming out over the last few days that they finally moved on the luxury tax threshold. They weren't able to just dig their heels in and say, no, no, no. The players got them to move on that stuff. Again, I'm kind of speculating here, but you know, as agreements go, you got to figure that young player pre-arbitration bonus pool is going to be a little bit better. Nowhere near what it should be. It's still not. And, and please understand this. The owners are still getting a massive win in this CBA. Like the players were only fighting to get screwed the least amount possible. And, and I think that that's, that's the best they can walk away with here. It's like, well, you know, we, we did the best that we could to force them into the best situation that we could. And at the 11th hour, though, it's hard to know which one of these deadlines was ever going to be real or not. They, they got a, a solution that didn't cost anybody baseball games and didn't cost anybody, you know, those, the, the people that work at the stadiums and the people that work across the street from the stadiums. And it's funny. I was saying a week ago, people were asking me, I thought this, I thought we were going to lose a month of baseball. And I thought the owners were honestly kind of aiming for that. You know, so that is the one thing where I will maybe, and again, I'm not giving them a pass for anything else, but maybe take my foot off the gas just a little bit because there was a part of me, especially 
in the last 24 and 48 hours, and it's why I didn't want to overreact to the news. But when I heard about the international draft getting introduced to this at the, the very last minute, my first thought was, yeah, the owners don't want to play games. They, or they, they don't want to play a full season. They really do want to get back what they feel like they lost in 2020. And now I've got to say, again, you and I know it frustrates people when I do this, but I, I insist upon giving credit where it's due, even when it's due to people that, for the most part, I am not trying to give any credit. But they apparently came up with something that the players found palatable. And so... The owners didn't just drive the the missing of games home just out of spite, right? Or just to recoup their money. And I think, honestly, they had to have seen the writing on the wall. I think they saw the way this was going from a PR standpoint, uh, certainly on Twitter. And it's kind of a funny thing, right? Because this is really the first time we've been through one of these things like this and had Twitter be the main place where everyone is interacting with it. And I've said this many times and we'll say it again many times. Twitter is not the be all end all. It's easy for those of us who are constantly on social media to think it's a representation of how most people think and feel, forgetting that actually most people don't engage with social media the way a lot of us do, Uh, certainly kind of obsessively the way well, frankly, that I do. Uh, but, I mean, come on. If you're checking Twitter and 40,000 people are liking every single tweet that says the owners are in the wrong and every single reporter that comes out and tries to make the case for the owners is just getting lambasted. I think the owners saw they were losing this fight and that the worse it got, the, the grosser it got, the worse it was going to be for them. And that while the players might lose some support, you know, and I, I saw some both sidesism. It's always out there. And I saw people saying a pox on both their houses and even people that I know and like and respect that I was like, we got to sit down and talk about this a little bit about why it's not a both sides thing. Even with that still going on, I think there was just overwhelming pressure that they recognized that we're going to get blamed for this. And we're really going to lose people for this. The short-term health of the game is is at stake and quite frankly we can afford to pay these guys more to take care of people better all the things they're offering are more than reasonable and so you know i think they backed off because i do think the owners would have preferred to miss a couple of weeks and i'll be quite frankly you know i've said this many times before i think the baseball season should be shorter so there's a part of me that's like eh, 154 game season wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world and i don't know if bob nightingale when he tweeted this out about they're going to do nine inning double headers to make up for it. I, I thought that was going to be seven inning double headers. That's another thing. Cause he's, he's prone to <laughs> typos and stuff It's like, why did he have to be at the center of so much of this? But man, I just, I'm ex- I, I just got to say guys, like as somebody who was right there with the players, every single step of the way, you know, I was, and I was willing to miss games. Like I just said, I was willing to do all of it, to go with them, and force it into the courts and into Congress and all of that stuff. Of course, I'm relieved today. Of course, I'm happy that we're going to have baseball, that it's going to start roughly around the normal time that it does, that we're going to get all the games that we normally do. 
even those little like quality of life improvements for a reporter like me when people are like hey how many games are you you know predicting the rockies to win or lose are they you know an 81 win club or a 500 win club you know the even the number of games like everything in baseball is so built around numbers that exist over 162 that when i think about you know how many home runs can uh, Ryan McMahon or Brendan Rodgers hit this year, you know, where I would think normally, yeah, it's a 20 to 25 home run uh, type of season. Maybe that'd be really interesting out of those guys. But if you're only playing 90 games, right, you have to prorate all this stuff. And, and my brain is just not good at that. So, you know, that that 60 game season in 2020 really messed with me. It was like, how many home runs can this guy hit? I don't know, seven? What are we, what are we talking about? This is a weird, it's a 60 game sample size. I didn't know what to do with that. So have 162 um getting back out there uh, i'm very anxious to learn about what the spring training schedule is going to be how they're going to do that i'm going to try to get down there for some of it uh not sure exactly how much obviously you know wasn't really able to plan much <laughs> with this going on so it, it's all going to depend on the the kind of expenses and all that but i'm going to try to get down there for a few spring training games uh so we can have some one-on-one conversations with some of the guys and and get to take on on the season and stuff oh and by the way just as a a warning for anyone who might wonder in the future if i'm going to talk to the players and get their take on any of this i'm not uh, unless somebody explicitly asks me to talk about this on the podcast, which I doubt they would do, because look, they have player representatives for a reason. They have union reps for a reason. And it's really not fair to ask individual players to weigh in on stuff like this. Uh, again, the way I, I think that's why I ignored a lot of the conversation and tried not to get into it too much with fans I disagree with, because I don't think it's necessarily fair to ask the average fan to be able to weigh in on some of this stuff. It's it's very complicated it's yeah we've been through all that so anyway that's just my warning to you like don't expect me to bring anybody on the show and be like hey how about all that cba nonsense right once i get down there it's baseball time we're talking how's your swing how you feeling about this what kind of improvements you looking to make for uh this season what's that guy been doing in camp what are you seeing out of this player those are the conversations we have. You know, when I sit down with Bud Black, what are the improvements that so-and-so has made? What are you thinking about the lineup? How's that fifth rotation spot looking like? Do you have a closer because you didn't end last season with the same closer you be- you began it with, right? Those are the kinds of things that I want to get into talking about because I love the game of baseball. I love watching baseball. I love baseball players and managers and coaches and all the weird people that it takes to make up the game. I just want to get down there and pick their brains about that. I, quite frankly, have had enough, and I think most people have. So I'll do at most one or two. I do want to sit down with Dan Zimborski early next week and do one last kind of wrap-up on all this. You know, we'll get the details. We'll go through it one last time. How many of the problems have been solved? What problems are still out there for the future that we're going to need to be on the lookout for on the next CBA? But then I want to get back into it, man. It's felt kind of weird. Like I've actually, I wrote something that uh, today that should be coming out tomorrow, the next day, I'll probably do a write-up on this first and just do a celebration of the fact that baseball is back and that we get to play it. And that frankly, at the end of the day, nobody was, was really hurt by what happened here. Uh, as much as it may have been a pain in the ass, I mean it was a, uh, it was annoying as hell, absolutely. Um, but ultimately, I think the players handled it 
almost about as well as possible. I guess at the end of the day, my job more often than not is to analyze the performance of baseball players. And in this particular instance, I, I give them an A to an A minus for their efforts in the CBA. I think that they handled it almost perfectly, even knowing that they pissed some people off and that there are some people who are never going to you know, get over it. They did what they had to do. And they did it right. So, yeah, I'm going to get back into talking about the Rockies roster, the Rockies prospects, uh, the Rockies uh, potential free agent signings. Oh, that's another thing. I've seen a lot of people saying that, you know, free agency might open up as quickly as tonight. And because of all of this, of course, it's going to have to go very, very fast. And so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if by the next week, by next week, I'm writing about new players that the Rockies have brought in or whatever else. It's all very exciting, right? Because this is what we're baseball fans for. As I wrote about last week, nobody gets into baseball to be like, oh man, I think about taxes or I think about owners or I really want to consider pre-bonus arbitration pools. I didn't say that quite right, but you know what I mean? And, and those things are important. Those things are all important. It's just not what we're there to do. We love the game. We really love that moment in a 3-2 count with the bases loaded and two outs. The offense could get nothing here. The offense could get everything here. This pitcher might be walking off the mound, pumping his fist and swearing into his glove, or he might be walking off the mound because the um, uh, manager took the baseball away from him and had to give it to somebody else. That's what we love. Is he going to go with the fastball here? Is he going to go with the slider here? They're going to try to steal this bag? That's what we love. Nobody got into this for anything that's gone on over the last couple of months. It hasn't been good for the image of the game, but it has been good for the game. So good on the players for forcing the issue, but still getting to that moment of truth and saying, let's play a full season. But they made it clear that they're not going to be pushovers in the future. And that's also the other really big important thing that I take away from this. So... Now we can get into, can or should the Rockies sign Chris Bryant or Kyle Schwarber? Can the Rockies or should they go out and get a fifth rotation starter? Or should they just be looking at Peter Lambert and Ryan Rollison to try to battle that thing out and figure it out? Should they be going out and trying to solve their issues in the bullpen by signing guys? Or is that not how you fix bullpens and you really just need to do depth and uh, maybe, maybe grab a couple of extra dudes and hope in the wind and pray for the best there's all different kinds of things to talk about uh, i just wrote about ayla harris montero today uh, you know and, and those are the kinds of things that i i really want to dive into and i, I want to know what other people are most interested about i was i would say the one thing i'm a little bit bummed about is i had a series of articles about classic rockies that i was going to write if the lockout continued to go on i'm a little bit bummed i'm not going to do that now maybe that's something for next off season maybe that's something that i still find the time to do randomly anyway uh it was just going to be a series of you know because we all know the larry walkers and the todd heltons and the vinnie castillas and i've just been kind of on this kick lately of like a lot of people know those top line like the top 10 rockies players of all time but the guys who are like 10 to 30 or you know 20 to 40 Rockies players of all time they're not really talked about a lot and 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 they get forgotten and there's some really interesting players who've had some careers for this team it's like yeah they weren't all-stars and they weren't hall of fame players but boy did they have some fascinating and interesting careers so I want to dive into some of those uh, but maybe that's that's going to have to be left for another time because we actually have a season to prepare for 
I'm so excited, you guys. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I don't know if it's coming through right. I can feel it. I can feel it. I actually feel relief in my body. Like, I'm just so happy now that whatever radio show I go on next, the questions aren't going to be all about this. You know, whatever. whenever I see somebody that knows what I do for a living, it's not going to be all about this. You know, I've got a whole, like, nerdy video game comic book culture people that I I interact with regularly and they know that I do the baseball thing and they have been you know man explaining this to hardcore baseball fans is difficult right explaining what's going on explaining it to me I don't know what's going on and neither do no one single reporter no one single player certainly no single owner could explain every detail of this to you Maybe a couple of the lawyers involved, because that's why they get paid all that money to read all those documents with all that fine print. But most of us are doing our best, you know, so trying to explain this to a third party who's like, so what do you do when there's no baseball? <laughs> it's like, well, it's kind of complicated. I talk a lot about taxes, apparently. Uh, so, so just excited to dive back into all of those things and, and seeing what kind of season the Rockies are going to have. Cause I know there are a lot of people out there who, you know, live to kind of dunk on the Rockies, but you know me, I, I live to watch them play baseball, man. I love Coors Field. I, I love a team that doesn't have the built-in advantages that other teams do that goes out there and tries to figure out a way to win with what they've got. Um, I would love to see him swing, uh, either swing big on a free agent or go after a couple of guys who are more in the the medium range, especially in the outfield. I think, you know, I'm about to open it up to questions here on a Twitter space in just a minute to do some Q&A. And and some people may have some questions about some of those types of folks. But, you know, uh, for, for me personally, it's just like, they're going to do stuff they, they you're not in on, you know, Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwarber and, and these types of players. And then you do nothing. Right. So I'm excited about that as well. Um, you know, obviously there've been some long tenured Rockies players. We've all been very sad to see go over the last uh, year and a half, especially, I guess going kind of back to like David Dahl, you know, then Nolan Arenado, Trevor story, John Gray, like it's been tough, right? That era is over, but this new era, and I had somebody, it was, it was, I think it was Zach Seegers on our staff at Mile High Sports, uh, does a lot of fantastic Broncos stuff, plenty of other things, uh, great guy, and he, he was asking me, you know, having not followed the team especially closely over the last couple of years, you know, who should I be on the lookout to watch for this upcoming season? I don't really, you know, and I get that, if you if you only tune in a few times a year, and you see a lot of, well, Charlie Blackman's still there, right, but of course it was a lot of Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, and stuff like that, and so I totally get it. Uh, but there is, a, in my estimation, an extremely intriguing and exciting class of young players on this team to watch, beginning with Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rodgers. Uh, but there are guys like Ryan Valade and Colton Welker and Eli Harris Montero who are coming up and are really going to be their, their first time. Valade and, and Welker have made their debuts already but are still rookies. Uh, Montero is going to be getting in there. I talked earlier about that number five battle between Peter Lambert and Ryan Rollison. You always know I'm down to watch Ryan Altapia at bat any day of the week as often as possible. <laughs> I'm always down for that. I'm really curious about what's next in the story of Connor Joe. I think everyone who knows anything about the story of Connor Joe should be 
absolutely ready to see more of what's coming for that guy. I want to see what the the veterans, the two guys on the team who are really the the old guys, they're my age, uh, <laughs> Charlie Blackman and C.J. Crone out there doing their thing. Uh, you know, who can emerge in the outfield if the Rockies don't go out and get a big uh, a big bat? But I do think they're going to get somebody in the outfield. Sam Hilliard is a guy with just tools coming out his ears who it's like if that guy puts it all together suddenly the Rockies have this player who was never a top prospect who was never considered to be this big impactful player and boom he's giving you a 20 home run 20 stolen base above average center field defense kind of season and people are going to be shocked and that's what I think is great about this team is there are a lot of players basically at every single position who have the ability to shock the world and prove themselves and to me that's a way more fun baseball team to watch than a team full of guys with big paychecks and big resumes who better do what they do. And if you don't win the division this year, well, then you're a bunch of overpaid prima donna failures or the front office has to go get even more guys with big contracts and big resumes. And look, I get winning a lot can be fun too, uh, theoretically. Uh, but, you know, for me, I just, I, I, man, I love the puzzle of it. I love the gamesmanship of it. I love the difficulty setting of it. <laughs> Back to the video game comparisons, right? I like a challenge. And there are a lot of guys on the Rockies this year who are going to get opportunities to go out and prove themselves. I love that in sports, man. Nothing better than watching a super talented kid go out there and show you what he's got or what she's got, depending on the sport you're watching. And man, uh, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm here for it. A team with no expectations on them right now, a team that no one's going to be picking to do anything. The Rockies are always a little bit better when people are down on them. It's, you start worrying about the Rockies and people are predicting them to do well. Like, <laughs> look out for that. And don't fulfill expectations. But it's just, I, that's a, it always feels like such a backhanded compliment to call a, a professional sports team a scrappy bunch. <laughs> right like what a ridiculous thing for me to say but i'm not going to stop from saying it not going to stop me it's a scrappy bunch i will not be shocked if these guys sneak up on each other on each other on on the rest of the league this year some really interesting players on this team some chips on their shoulder uh some guys with some things to prove and real talent that could go from pretty good to elite and they're all human beings we don't know until they do it right that is the human element of baseball. Which we're getting back to because they're going to play. All right. Uh, I'm going to maybe wrap up this part of the podcast. We'll see if I end up including any of this Q&A here. I'll do some fancy editing. But I will open it up if anybody wants uh, to request the, the mic down at the bottom there. You can press on the request button. I can let you up in. You can ask a few questions. You can always shoot me questions in the DMs if you... If you're at work or school or something right now and you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to talk to a mic you don't want anyone to know that you're listening to this space i understand i've been there um but yeah if, if anyone has anything to ask i am more than down to answer a few questions so i'm going to wrap this one up there for now uh, i'm gonna have obviously a lot more thoughts once there are details i just wanted to make sure that i caught my most immediate reactions and, and the most visceral responses i was kind of looking at things on twitter and just feeling it out today there's going to be plenty more to dive into so let's 
save that for the next time. I appreciate you all for listening into this episode of the podcast. As always, make sure you're checking out all the written content over at milehighsports.com. Subscribe to all the Mile High Sports podcasts here on the network, making sure you got this one down on your regular podcast app so that you're never missing an episode. Thank you for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you both. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.